Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, listen. Boy, this really seems like the right episode to just walk up and punch a guy in the mouth, doesn't it? Does this just seem like that you just that you just want to like get a quick chop to the mouth to get this one started? I mean, you're the only guy here. I know, you know how what I, mean? I knew what I was offering. Oh, <laughs> God damn it, Adam. That's right. The one episode we record physically in the same space. Why? Why? That's, I've been waiting. Never again. I've been waiting. <laughs> waiting for that. Oh, God. I love I've this spent game. eight long years preparing for this. <laughs> That's right. And I'm holding my medallion and ready to throw down, my friend. I'll I'm spend- going to fucking. Yeah, I think in that part, I headlock you into a machete. Yeah. 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 As you must. Gnarly, dude. As you must. <laughs> As I must. As you because must. Because this is the Sifu episode of One Upsmanship. Wow. I'm Michael Swain. And I'm Adam Ganser. And, and we're uh, about to go down a road of punching and kicking and very crunchy combat. Absurd, horrific Zifu. violence. Yeah. Uh, but still kind of PG 13. Right? Like, it's not, it's not that grim, like that grim of a violence, I would say. This game. I think that boils down to the aesthetic which i just love me too and which we'll talk about at length but let's get into format which means uh we start with the speed run oh okay right 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 we're gonna do the speed format (laughs) great we're doing the speed run (laughs) so who do you want to do the speed run i want you to do it uh because i believe this is the only way to get you trained enough for combat (laughs) If you can grasp the fly from the palm of my hand, then I shall do the speed. Oh, he got it. Oh, oh he got it. Okay. That was good. First try. Wow. Yeah. Like a vapor. All right. Well, you know what you have to do. I do. I'm going to start that clock. Sifu is a pulp kung fu revenge fantasy uh, in the form of a video game. And <laughs> you basically play as 
a young child with a magic medallion who that uh, makes it so that when you die, you age instead of, but you come back to life, but you age some number of years. So you see some guys kill your father, who is a Sifu, and you dedicate your life to training to the point that you're young, you're 20 years old, and you go out on a quest of revenge to kill the five members of the clan that killed your father. Uh, you do that by punching and kicking your way through the city and... Uh, what else? What else? It's, you sort of, it's, it's kind of a roguelike in the sense that you do the same levels over and over and you permanently unlock moves as you go. Um, so that by the end, you're just a fucking karate, karate coming out my body kind of guy and you win the day and some stuff happens. There are multiple endings. So some stuff happens depending on what you chose throughout the journey. Oh yeah, that's right. And I stopped the clock. Uh, beautifully done. That was a very clean. Uh, very I took clean my time calculated. in a hurry. It was like a yeah. my my cadence of voice wasn't rushed, yeah. but I got there quickly. Slow yeah. as smooth and smooth as fast. You just figured out one of the key lessons mm-hmm. of Sifu. Uh, Definitely of Goldeneye 007. <laughs> That's right. So that was uh, our watchword. Take your time in a hurry. I'm gonna pass our next checkpoint and get us right into the rants. Uh, I believe it's my turn to go first. Is it not? I believe yeah, so. we like to alternate here yeah. in this house. Great. In this house in this of dojo. learning and violence. Uh, player one, Adam Ganser, plugging in. Sifu, what a game. I loved this game. Like, I really, really liked this game. Um, I didn't have high expectations for it. Certainly, I had uh, some uh, fellow gamers on the internet throwing the trailer my way and stuff. But I was like, okay, sure. You know, I'm not that into the, you know... Final Fight, dra- Double Dragons, you know, like those kind of games, uh, or even their modern contemporary versions. Um, wow, this game was just fantastic, I thought. Uh, it was extremely difficult, and uh, at first that was frustrating, like all the difficult games are, uh, like the Dark Souls of the world. And yet, uh, again, also like the Dark Souls, what it was doing was teaching me how to play it. And it's uh, it's very uncompromising in that regard. Uh, and once you learn how to play it, and it does slowly teach you the key ingredients, it becomes this just very rewarding. Uh, you feel like you're a real kung fu master, just flying between fists and stuff. Like uh, it, it feels like how the Matrix felt when you first watched the movie, in terms of the speed and fluidity of the fighting and stuff. It's really good. Um, the story is a little shrug i would say and also the medallion uh the medallion mechanic that makes you come back uh older every time you lose a life is a little esoteric like the point of it and its connection to the story is kind of like all right uh like i didn't know or care about killing any of the five bosses um and they certainly set them up like i was like they were all people from kill bill or something and it's like yeah I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't super care about them. They were all very challenging and fun. And also Sean's the worst. Uh the dude with the bow staff, that guy's the worst. And they patched him after the first couple weeks. And I know why, because he was the fucking worst and I hated him. Um but all in all, really fun experience. I enjoyed it, even though it made me angry at times. I did beat this game. It did take me like twenty hours to beat it, which is a lot of time, given that I think you could play all the way through it in like 20 minutes like i think if you were really good at this game you could play through i don't know maybe maybe 30 minutes something like that it's not a long game an Um, hour 
Is that at least about an hour was a speed run I saw online. Okay, so about an hour. Um, Yeah, it doesn't feel like it should be much longer than that. It took me 20. Um, That should tell you something. Every locale is super cool and fun and interesting in its own way. Uh, And it does ape really fun movies. uh, And I appreciated those references. Um, Yeah, not a lot bad to say about this game. Like, I think it's kind of a triumph for Slow Clap. Good for them. That's my rant. Player two plugging in with my rant. I'm Michael Swain. I make rants. Yeah, you do. You get them. Uh, I have played 30 hours of Sifu, and I still haven't beaten the end of the museum level, which is the third level of five. So I don't know what's wrong with me, because I play hella video games, man, and I have my whole life, and I have decent reflexes when it comes to other things, but that's interesting to hear, because, yeah... I've really given it my all, and as I said, 30 hours, level three. But that said, uh, I have watched the ending of Sifu, and I know what happens. And I won't shrug at the story, but I do have questions about the story. Sure. I actually think the way the story is deployed in the moment, like moment to moment, is really exemplary. Yeah. And I love the aesthetic. I really like this game. It makes me feel more comfortable disliking the visuals of something like borderlands because it makes me feel like see you can do subtle cell shading this looks like an animated series but in a way that doesn't feel like neon and garish and in my face and not to shit on borderlands because it's not time for that but really i just want to hand it to sifu i think it's really elegant and well done and gives me that animated feel that does keep it pg-13 but at the same time the Man, the snap of every punch, yeah. the squeak of people's shoes on the granite floor in the last level, like the sound design and the way the animations are designed to make every impact connect is completely different than pre-rendered animations of the style of like Arkham or Spider-Man games, but they found their own way to be. And it feels almost to me... Like when Mario went from 2D to 3D with Mario 64, it feels like the equivalent of that, but for Streets of Rage. Okay. Uh, it really feels like like Streets of Rage 4 was not what I wanted. What I wanted was Sifu. Okay. And Sifu feels like the Streets of Rage experience all over again in a fresh way with modern sensibilities. And I love it for that. And I have I have lots of questions, so it's going to be a fun conversation. But... I'll leave my lukewarm. I mean, on the emotional plane, that was a pretty even keeled rant. But, <laughs> but there you have it. Okay. I liked it. Okay, it was good. All right, and rant. Uh, I guess that means we should pass a checkpoint into the most contentious of our many matchups. Uh, game on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick. And hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? 
so he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, Game On. Great. Did you know? I feel most at home in Game On, yeah. Did you know this was based on the kung fu movies of Jackie Chan? Did you know that? That makes a whole lot of sense. It sure does. Uh, like I, I, The reason I mention that is this game is very grounded in the very accessible kung fu movies and, and pop culture of the genre, like in such a way that it makes you feel at home in it. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think that's a wise decision. Uh, it's not based on any particular property, like, as in, it's not an adaptation of, you know, uh, pick a jacket. It's Chan the movie. tuxedo. Yeah. It's the one about the robotic tuxedo. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not based on any one specific thing, but it has moments that are like from old boy. There's a, there's a hallway scene from old boy and, you know, Jackie Chan's famous daughter fucking movie, old boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does do that. Uh, that's not that movie. Yeah, has the, the old boy scene. Uh, yeah. I didn't know. So are there other ones? Are there other fight sequences you're aware of that I, are explicit I'm references? I'm pretty to sure films? there's a bunch of them. I'm pretty sure. I didn't okay. look it up. Uh, I could have, but I didn't. Uh, Great. But good. I, I, <laughs> good. podcast. Excellent. Re- excellent uh, research. No, I didn't look it up because I, I just, it felt sort of awash in it in general, and I appreciated that. Um, yeah. And uh, that that made the the relatively generic structure of it uh, all feel familiar enough that they didn't need to do some storytelling stuff. Like they didn't, for instance, spell out what the school that your father taught at is, like what that school means in the world of kung fu. Right? They didn't spell that yeah. out. It's all sort of back like backstory that you get very small. So hints it's. Of. When we talk about FromSoft games, when we talk about Link games, we often talk about the storytelling method that is not cinematic, that is unique to games, where you tell a story through fragments that you discover through exploring Yeah, the world. lore. Yeah. And I think Sifu does that really, really well. Uh, and I think it's kind of living proof that you can tell an adult story uh and I'm not trying to like come down on Zelda. But sure, sure, sure. That you can tell an adult story with obscure like little bits of detritus that you find. I agree. Because Sifu does that so well in a lot of ways. I do have questions about the end. Did you realize, so there's satisfying stuff you realize about the lore because after it rests with you or you play it again for the umpteenth time, you go, oh, that shit. Like, did you realize each one of the enemy gang 
had one of the talismans and they each are all like captain planeted out like they kind of talk about that a little bit in the there's f- a woods guy yeah that you fight yeah. then there's a fire guy then there's water lady then there's earth earth woman guy. and then there's yang yeah uh they do talk a little bit about that in the fourth level like you run into people like when you get into the underground corporate phase that are sort mm-hmm. of talking about the problem your father was to the Kung Fu universe. Like, so they give you a little bit more backstory, but it's never quite enough for it to congeal because I'm so busy trying to figure out how to dodge sweep attacks. Like I'm just like oh, so dude. busy trying to figure that out. I know? didn't even know you could spare people that you could yeah, get a I didn't different know that ending. Either. Yeah. I didn't know they it never occurred yeah. to me for a second to spare one of these dirty motherfuckers after all the shit they put me through. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and let their woozy timer run out. I'm going to snap their neck with right. a machete. Right. Like, of course I'm going to slice them up Yeah, and then drink tea afterward. Like a victory, like a victorious Kung mm-hmm. Fu master. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I agree. I like the idea of sparing, uh, first of all, there's no button that's like spare. Like, you know what I mean? Like they don't introduce that. It's like, right. Oh, you have to do a thing that you wouldn't intuitively do because for most of us, this game is a fight for our lives the entire time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it sparing them is actually, and I kind of like this. It's the thing only a master would do because to do it, you have to intentionally not uh, kill have them the time to stop yes. and think oh i wonder what happens if you spare them yes yeah. you have to not kill them when you've broken down their uh poise stance yeah their stance excuse me uh and that's just the kind of thing that i would never do especially to sean because fuck mm-hmm. sean uh i keep saying that because he's the second boss and uh his sweep attack was horseshit in the first couple weeks when this game came well, out and they passed as you it. might understand as you might expect from where I'm stuck, the third boss really she's tough too. Me off. Yeah, yeah, she's tough. Very tough. The I think the third boss and the second boss are a real difficulty ramp. Like, yeah. and I they're there on purpose. And yet, that's what I think is interesting about Sifu is, for whatever reason, and this is probably at the point where we're just talking about personal, right. like you know the right. way my body is functioned. So, right. I don't know that I'd tell everyone to heed my words, but. Uh, for my money from soft games, I often feel like it's like someone's trying to teach me a skill. Man, I just had a flashback to being eight years old and trying to learn to yo-yo and like breaking down sobbing mm. and having a tantrum mm. because I could not yo-yo and no one could explain to me mm. how to do it in a way where it clicked. They were just like, you know, you just throw it down and you pull your hand up. And I'm like, what do you mean? And from soft <laughs> games feel like that to me. I don't feel like I ever get better. Yeah. And I don't understand why. And that's becomes the frustration, which sort of detracts from the experience. Sifu felt just as hard. Yeah. But I somehow felt guided. I could literally feel like it's like practicing piano. The next day I would sleep on it. And the next day I'd be like, yeah, I'm better than I was yesterday because I put in my Sifu time. Like it was amazing to watch myself get good at the game, especially realizing that by the end I'm incredibly badass. And yet, if someone in real life punched me in the head, I would just crumple. Right. right. <laughs> that would be that. Yeah. It's a real illusion that you're building for sure. But it is a, it's a big power trip illusion. Like, I, I felt, I was like, I don't know, you know, I think it's like the second episode of The Simpsons where Homer 
and Bart constantly play this boxing video game and Homer gets trained by the cool kid at the arcade. And I'm like, I could be that kid. I'm owning this game. I'm getting so good. Like my skill is a tangible thing. And I just love that about seafood. I agree. It does teach you. Uh, it's one of the cool things about it. It is a seafood. Yeah, it is. No, and that it, that's obviously intentional. It's why they refuse to make it less hard. Um, and people did bitch about how hard it is. And I think actually its difficulty is part of why it didn't score as well on Metacritic as it could have. Like it's only gotten an 80 out of 100, which I think is low for mm -hmm. this game. Um, I think it deserves much higher. Uh, I agree with you about that. And also I agree that FromSoft games for whatever reason, they don't teach you in the same way this does. Even though, if you looked at it, it would seem like they're kind of the same process of like, we're going to beat the shit out of you, and you're going to learn. That's how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, a FromSoft game feels more like running a gauntlet, and you're just sort of surviving it. Whereas Sifu, you really are learning to be better at this at this skill. Um, and Dark Souls in general, and Elden Ring specifically, has like sort of resigned itself to being like, the way to beat this is to go level up and then you're actually just better at it by the time you get back to this place. Right. Um, and Elden Ring, part of the genius of that game is that they made a big open space for you to do that so you didn't feel like I have to beat this boss. Um, mm -hmm. This game is like, nope, there's no way out. There's no way forward. The way of pain is the only way to grow. And it works. Um, it's, and it's just so elegantly woven through and through like, the things I admire about the storytelling, even though I think we should talk next about our questions about the story or whether the story ultimately came together. But uh, the techniques, especially in the opening, are so strong. Like making you play as the villain who kills the child. That was perfect. Yeah, perfect. Having the talisman bring the child back to life from having their throat cut so it's diegetically explaining the game play mechanic. And then having it cut suddenly on like a Tycho drum beat to red and the red, you know, that represents your overwhelming rage or your need for vengeance is also the credits and the tutorial. And in the tutorial, you play through the fantasy of killing all five bosses while you learn all the basic moves of the game. Then you go and really fight all five bosses. It's just really well. And like the way when you did get killed, the final blow would just instantly. Yep. It wasn't like you died slow death animation. The moment, the frame that that a death blow touches you, you are jettisoned to oblivion. Yeah, you're gone. To the menu. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Uh, right. It, again, to contrast with from software games, dying takes forever <laughs> from software. It's like they stab and you. Go, come you on, and come on, come on. Let me get back in. Let yeah, me get back in. They stab in. you yeah. and you groan and then you slowly become a mist of pain. You know, it's like, all right, man, <laughs> and it we says, get it. You died. You died. Like, I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, figured. I know. I know I did. Uh, yeah, this game's very immediate. Everything about it is extremely present tense, and I love that about Crisp. it. Crisp. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to like lapse into too many like cliches, but it really does feel like it makes you focus on the present. You can never plan. It's like, I gotta, I just gotta be here and respond to everything that's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that rules. I super like it. Uh, I don't think the story hangs together to answer your yeah, next Yeah, I was going to ask, can you explain the ending to me? Like, are you alive or dead at the end? Uh, I think you're alive because I think the talisman is real. Like, it's not a fantasy. Um, Yang was trying to steal the talisman 
to share it with the world, right? Uh, I think it was to save his wife and daughter. I think. And Yang is, spoiler alert, your older brother, right? That's the big reveal. If that's true, that didn't penetrate my skull. Is that true? I thought you were a younger sibling. That's the reveal is that Yang is a member of your family. I could be getting this completely wrong, and I think this speaks to the fact that oh, is that the true? story is told in fragments, and it almost reminded me of Returnal, where they just like threw some dots at you, and they're like, you figure it out. But at the end, at least when I <laughs> saw the ending online, because I can't get past the third level boss, um, you make the fists, like the killy fist, the killy heart knuckle fist, and you punch Yang, but then you die? Oh, uh... So I'm on a I'm on a Reddit thread uh, that mm-hmm. says it's so he refers to you as little brother and refers to the the father figure as our father, but that's also cultural. Oh, so it might not it so it's intentionally ambiguous. But my understanding is that each of the bad guys actually are more nuanced. For example, yes, they like, definitely are. Yes. The woman with the earth talisman who used uh, like misused, quote unquote, misused the talisman to make a bunch of money. She's doing it so that she can redistribute wealth in a more equitable way globally. I mean, that's so certainly like, what there's they, something about each of them is has a rationale. That's what they say. I mean, the the <laughs> the counterpoint to it is Sean again. Fuck Sean. <laughs> it was like seemingly just sort of a maniac. Uh, he's like running, just a, running a gym where people fight. Uh, well, yeah. running a gang. I mean, it's a, it's clearly a gang. The burning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they do all have their point of view, and their point of view is nuanced because it's not just, or it's at least in the gray area. Well, it's in a gray area because your father isn't necessarily doing the right thing. Like that's what's implied throughout is like he was a problem because of like he he was hoarding this talisman. That's a thing that gets said, um, right? But if somebody was like, while you played this game where you were trying to survive with your very life every second of it, did you absorb the possibility that Yang is his brother? The answer is, uh, no, I did not, because Yang was almost impossible to beat. So, no, I didn't absorb that because I hated him. I don't care who he is. I wanted him dead. Uh, no, I don't think it totally added up, unfortunately. Was it beautiful and and poetic and everything I want a kung fu fight to be? Absolutely. Oh, impeccable design sense. Absolutely. Like, down to the tiniest detail, like triangular puddle at the beginning of the club level looks so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea that every level started with a jib shot to bring us into the scene, and then it was like, oh, I'm playing through, it really felt like I'm playing through a film scene. Or like a, There's these five sequences of film, and I need to complete them all. Yeah, it has an art style that almost feels like, a, I'm going to call it a cinematic painting. It looks a good little, cell shading. I would call it. <laughs> yeah, it's it is cell shading, but it it almost looks like a really realistic painting. Um, it had shadows baked into the textural elements, if you know what I yes. mean. Like the lighting wasn't just dynamic, but people's faces had painterly shadows applied to them, as well as being lit. Yeah, it makes for a really interesting f- effect. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game, especially like this is to me, the argument that you should always make for independent games. This isn't quite an independent game, but it almost is double a, yeah, it almost is. 
it's that like, wow, when they go off the beaten path and like make a thing that feels contained and wholly its own, like its own unique blend of all these elements, it really feels better than like a, an, a bloated Ubisoft game by 10 miles. Sure. You know, like, I, I mean, I know picking on Ubisoft is really easy, but like, and I'm, I mean, I don't want to spoil my opinions for later, but like, I liked this game better than Horizon Forbidden West. I had more fun playing this than I had playing for Horizon Forbidden West. I don't know if it's better. I don't see the need to compare the two. They're so different. Well, they came out within two weeks of each other. That's why I'm saying that. Sure. They're not comparable like they're the same. I'm saying the strength of an indie game is that when it focuses on like what it's about and like tightens it up and makes everything work together, it's a really rewarding experience in a way that Horizon Forbidden West or a AAA like that that has to do so many things may not be or couldn't be. You know, like, it, and I feel like the abilities you unlocked felt genuinely useful as you unlocked them. Yes. In a way where you were almost glad that you didn't have all your abilities unlocked at first because you liked having spending time learning each technique and the ways to apply each technique uh, in a way that felt like, I don't know, even fresher to me than a good Mortal Kombat game where I have to pick a main. And I settle on that main because I only have so much muscle memory in my brain, you know, right. and I'll right. work out their combos and be like, well, that kind of makes sense because he's throwing a spine. And so it's down and forward. Like, just imagine ripping a spine out and throwing it and then you press X. But um, these felt so almost Smash Brothers like because it would just be like. Forward, forward, square, forward, forward, triangle, back, forward, square, really back, simple. forward, triangle. Those are your basic yeah. moves. And it's more about the rock, paper, scissors of what type of enemy doing what when is when you're supposed to deploy that. And it can get to be like a magic trick if you're good enough at it. it and I had moments of being in that flow. There's, and what a trick. It does, fl like, it is, there is a flow. It does sort of get you. Never into feels a zone. unfair, no. except the camera sometimes. Once in a while, especially, and uh, in Sean's level. In Sean's level, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Sean's level is pretty tough. It also rewards you for being adventurous with upgrades and being smart mm -hmm. with like smart with how you upgrade stuff. Like a, a sneaky important thing uh, I found was upgrading weapons, like both the damage they do and their and their. Uh, Durability. durability like because yeah. they are kind of constantly giving you weapons and if you're good with them if you like like you can really make short work of a clearer room. yeah which yeah. you have to start doing in the second level like you're gonna always be yeah. dealing with crowds in this game like that's a big part of it and that's another point is figuring out when to use the dodge for just crowd control right. and like get people, you want to fight people one at a time. That's a lesson this game taught me. Well, and then when you, that's right. And you know, dark souls is the ultimate teacher of that lesson. But like the thing mm -hmm. that the thing you start to learn is like, Oh, it's actually important that I don't ever get hit because right. once I do that, I get enough XP to unlock the really big rewards that I need. And also to unlock multiple permanent things uh, like permanent abilities. So like one of my gripes about this game is related to that. I think that the price you have to pay for permanent uplocks unlocks is too high. It's pretty high. And, yeah, and it's pretty high. The reason I say that is you have to always spend the money on it once 
and then you have to spend it on it again before you can actually start taking away five times. Yeah, before you can start taking away the cost of it and it finally unlocks. And you end up having to spend it six, seven, eight, nine, even more times before you can finally use it forever because it only unlocks when you've already unlocked it today and for the future. You have to spend it twice every time. And it's very frustrating. Um, but that gave me another thing to come back to was like, okay, I can't beat the club level right now. I just can't. Right. So I'll beat the, what's it called? The warehouse downtown, the skid yeah. row area yeah. over and over until I'm younger and younger and younger entering the Which club. you're supposed so to do be walking in that club yeah. at age 21. Yeah. And that's a great feeling. Like when, like, cause there is a moment where you get good enough that you can make mincemeat of the first level boss, which felt almost impossible when you start that game. It did. Yeah. Night and day. And the first level boss I can defeat almost without getting hit now. Yeah. It's and it's wild. great. I mean, that's like so cool. That's exactly what you dream Kung Fu is. Like that's mm-hmm. what you think it is. And it's You great. can train for two days and be great. Well, like, yeah. you know, you, yeah, like you, it's, you're doing the Karate Kid montage. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's right. what it is. Uh, and it's super rewarding like that. I'm trying to think of, is there another game that's like of this style of beat em up? that is even close to as good as this? Well, Streets of Rage 2, I do think, is very, very it's good. Been a while, it's been it's, a long time since I played that game, uh, so I can't uh, say. And then I actually made a little list of other oh, games great. that made me feel this great. way in terms of how crunchy and tied together they were. Um, there's only three, and I already, already said Streets of Rage 2, but the other two are Gunstar Heroes. You ever play Gunstar nope. Heroes? Nope. Uh it's a game where you keep switching out your mode of fire, but it's a side scrolling shooter like Contra. Okay. Um, you know, but you can get like, Oh, so the unique thing about it was you could combine your, your, your ammo. So like if you have the fire thing, it does a flamethrower. If you have missiles, it does heat seeking. That's cool. If you have both, then it does heat seeking flamethrower. And if you have like laser and heat seeking, it does heat seeking lasers. If you have fire and lasers, it does lasers that set them on fire. So it's a Genesis game uh, from 93. Yeah. Very, very, very tight feeling. And the other one is uh sunset riders. You ever play that? Nope. I used to play that in the arcade. That was my number one go-to game. It's a cowboy shooter, like Western shoot them up. That just really feels, but that's what I mean about Sifu is, and that's why I compared it to Mario 64. It feels to me like the seminal version or the correct version, like, Oh, this is how we should do it of how to do. Uh, and I just named two shooters, but it really streets of rage two or pit fighter are the right touchstones. Like this is how you take a 2d beat em up or even TMNT or something like that. Right. Simpsons are golden game. age. Yeah. And turn it to 3D. It really feels like a 2D. Axe. It feels yeah. like Golden Axe. Yeah. It feels like The Simpsons. It feels like the Avengers game. Right. Uh, it gave me the exact same feelings, and it was completely in 3D and looked great. Well, the one thing... I think that's... W- w- yeah. One thing that super stands out about this compared to every other game we just listed, like Double Dragon or Golden Axe or whatever, is... Battletoads. Battletoads, thank you. That's another one that's everyone remembers. Uh, even the new remake that every single punch feels like uh, feels like it matters in Sifu. Like there's no whiffs to the point that to the point that there's the sound design includes like you can cut people off. You know what I yeah. mean? There's nothing quite so satisfying as hearing someone go, 
I guess you're not so tough after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you punched them in the ear. (laughs) Right, because they do talk shit, which I love. I'm like, thank you. That's they talk shit. I love, and you can shut them up. Yeah, and you do. Oh, you do. You can taunt them. It's great. (laughs) And like one of the things that was true about the genre as a whole is that like you know it just you just sort of miss throws and kicks sometimes for reasons that were like yeah there's too many things going on so it didn't register. This game, none of those problems. Like when you got a pipe and you throw that pipe anywhere near that dude, bam, it hits him. You know, and it also makes yeah. a very rewarding sound whenever you break their stance. Uh, oh, and they play with stuff in such interesting ways, especially in the museum level. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like those little bulbs that are full of paint yes. that dynamically paint the people you're fighting. Love that. They didn't need to do that. No. That's awesome. Also, the black and white, uh, or not black and white, but like the the silhouette section at, like that's very artistic Monochrome. at the end of that level yeah. is awesome. Uh, and the ink pendulum that you can yeah, swing Yeah, the ink pendulum. Oh, oh, by the way, oh, you, I just thought of another touchstone. So Kill Bill is obviously a touchstone structurally, but it's yeah. also a touchstone for the third boss fight. Uh, like how he, right. the fight that... Oh, Ranishi. Yes, sure. yes. It's, that's clearly based on this. Uh, just It just reminded me. So like the reason I'm saying that is that like Sifu fits comfortably in this genre of you know beat-em-ups, and I can't think of a game even close to it that... Uh, I'd rather play. But one downside to this, though, and I really think this matters, and like it matters enough that I'm like, I really hope the developer makes it, make, decides to do something about this. I it I think it's dumb that you can't do a co-op in this. I know that like breaks the carefully balanced thing they're doing. Okay, then Portal Two, my ass. You know what I mean? Like, give me a multi co-op that's like tuned for two or crafted, three handcraft yeah because yeah. like that's one of the best things about kung fu and beat-em-ups is the idea of like being in this the double dragon yeah factor. and like the the jumping high five in the air factor you know what i mean or the kicking a like kicking a weapon to your pal who swings it at a dude who's right behind him stuff stuff that you know this game you gotta would save do. it for sifu too fine the revenge of sifu fine. that's fine sifu too yeah sifu too yeah. <laughs> and like if they do that i mean i don't know what else i could even expect of them honestly you know, like if, if they had a co-op. That is a great point, though. Like, I would love that. I would super love that, especially yeah. because I'm finding Elden Ring so much more fun to play with you, my buddy, backpacking me through it. Uh, I would I would love the same thing for Sifu. I, I hope it was a big enough hit I, to engender a sequel. I genuinely hope that it, it sold enough that there'd be a sequel because I, boy, I really like this game. Um, and I, again, I was not, like, ready for this game to come out or whatever. Like, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. a big stan of it. And I don't play these games by and large. Um, but it really, really won me over. I'm looking up to see how it did. Uh, to see. If Let me ask still- you this. Would you add a difficulty toggle if you could? Or do you think that would ruin it? I think it might ruin it. I mean, I ask me if I couldn't beat it, though. Like, if I couldn't beat it, I would be pissed. I would. I, so I'm in the position where I don't think I can beat it especially because I can't devote all my game time to it because we have one up ships to do and I have to play stuff that's coming out. Um, and I would have, I would appreciate, uh, but I don't know. I, this is, you know, this goes so deep because of FromSoft. Right. Uh, People have strong, strong opinions about that's the art as dispensed or accessibility is okay. Accessibility is good. I don't think Sifu would have been damaged by my ability to set it from medium to easy 
and literally everything plays the same, but the people's stances are weaker and they, their punches do less damage. Uh, that would allow me to get through it. I feel like there's nothing taken away from people. Like you could say what level you beat it on. Uh, if you want cred or whatever, I I always think, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm pro accessibility, but I say that without being like, fuck you. I'm pro accessibility. I'm like, I think I'm pro accessibility over, uh, over like, well, the creators created it to be this difficulty curve. That's the point of the game. I I have a very hard time as a person who's played now every dark soul. I've played them all, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't as of last year. So I've, I've done a lot of this this year. You've grown. I've grown as, as I've grown into a much meaner man. <laughs> like uh no, I've grown and I think that causing people to get angry enough that they're throwing controllers and stuff and feeling like trapped for hours at a time uh is not really good game design. Like I just don't but think it is. But isn't that the whole premise of Dark Souls no. is like no, a it isn't. surprise party no. where you make someone think we forgot your birthday so that they'll be excited no, when you realize I, I, it's a I, surprise see, party. I do really love beating a tough boss and I've done it a bunch. Uh, and like, I understand there are some people out there who, you know, are wearing their S and M outfits who like, it hurts so good. Right. I get that, but mm-hmm. I don't, I think that the normal experience really for people who play these games, like if I was to take all of gamers and put them on dark souls, the truth is very a, a lot less than like 5% or whatever of gamers are probably even playing those games. Right? And so and I think the genius of From Software is they're like, yeah, we're going to design it just for them. And out of that percentage, I still think the normal experience for Dark Souls or even Elden Ring is frustration. Like they're frustrated. They're like, "Come on, fuck you." That's a normal experience. That's what's experience. interesting about Elden Ring is a good third of it is wandering around exploring. It's what makes it and better. And that's a really good yes. thing to add to the mix. Yes. Yeah. And this isn't about Elden Ring. We're definitely going to cover Elden Ring. Uh, no doubt. We will. Everyone wants we will, it. And yeah, I want it too. Coming. I want it. it. We will cover it. But this game belongs in that conversation because it is a, it is a finely tuned, difficult game on purpose. And mm-hmm. I don't think that making the player angry or frustrated is a good design decision if the average player can't do it after an ex- after a, re- a reasonable period of time you know what i mean like i think so how do you gauge that you i know think what i, I, mean? I, I like, put a clock on it it's like hey if it takes them more than f- an hour to beat this boss or whatever it's not good you know like honestly for me this game what's a game that was so but every gamer is different like for me this game is no, you. As much as I appreciate the difficulty, it's a little too stiff. I would like to be able to complete it, and I can't quite complete it. Yeah, um, I think that's because bad. Of the difficulty curve. I think that's bad. And like a perfect sweet spot for me was Hades. That difficulty curve felt like it was testing my like when I actually fought Hades. This is testing the limits of my reflexes, but is doable ultimately. Uh, what's a game that's like in the sweet spot for you, or was this it? Well, Sifu perfectly calibrated I did beat to it. the answer. Uh, I did beat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I've also beaten every every Dark Souls game now, and they get we know we fucking no know. no wait 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 <laughs> I'm not being a dick I'm saying so like I don't know how reasonable I think that there were times that Dark Souls was unreasonable even though I beat it you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think like there was a 
there was a boss called I want to say the Sky King, Sky King in sure, Dark Souls Three. I'm gonna look it up because it was, it was like some dude on a dragon that had a lion face or something. Uh, Nameless King, I think maybe. Yeah, Nameless King. That's the name of him. Nameless King. This son of a bitch took me two and a half hours. And like, I know some people are like, yeah, well, it takes me a week to beat these guys. Yeah, it takes me sometimes. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's fine. The longest I've ever spent on was a Dark Souls 2 boss, and I spent 12 hours yeah. on him, and I gave up, and I stopped yeah. playing the game. I, I wouldn't do that, um, I, maybe because I'm a baby. I don't know. I thought the, the two hours I spent getting beat over and over and over and over was not fun. So by the time I beat him, I thought, doesn't matter. I'm just angry that I had to do this this many times. You know, and I understand that that my threshold is lower for that than some people who are willing to do 15 hours before they think it's too hard. I don't think anything should be that hard when it's a game. It's a game, not a fucking mm. not a fucking like uh, an actual black belt and not like you're. But I'm just, that's why I'm saying I think difficulty levels are for our benefit because gamers are different and have that threshold set yeah. differently so t- sifu was that for right. me it was too the third boss is too so hard i would like it to be easier please. my answer to that is take a fucking average but you know what i mean like that's the that's the mm-hmm. answer it's like take an average like get a bunch of play testers that represent a wide swath of gamers and see what the average person does and then scale from there and don't scale it so that it takes somebody like me two hours or somebody like you, 15 hours I guess hours that's why I don't see the harm in easy, medium, hard. I don't it either. It seems like that would capture yeah. most of the bell curve. Like, yeah. if somebody wants to be the get-gooder out there, and, by, you know, hey, I enjoy. I like that you like the game that much, that you're defensive. Well, just just tell people at what yeah, level you beat, beat it. Beat it hard. Like, the just beat it legend. include that as part of the information. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think the game should be legendary difficulty. I think, like, it can have that so that you can get out there with your friends and, like, show them your swole muscles. I get it. Yeah, and that's cool. And it's cool that you that people find that kind of pleasure in New Game 5, New Game Plus 5, and Elden Ring. It's cool. It's good for them. And I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I love that there are some people that are going to go out here like Jackie Chan and be Zen Masters and Sifu. Good for them. But, like, I don't know if you can build a game for that person. You know? Uh, I don't know if you should build a game mm-hmm. for that person. Like, I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe they're like Alexander and they weep because there are no more worlds to conquer. I don't know. Uh, by the way, Sifu sold one million in three weeks. So it's pretty popular. That's good. I don't know. I think I that's no pretty point of good reference. for an indie that's game. Good. It had 10 million play Great. hours in good. a month. Great. So we'll probably get a sequel, which I'm thrilled about. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. See if too. Well, uh, I know it's a little early, but are you? do you have more you want to say, or do you want to pass into that sweet, sweet sunset? Oh, I think it's too early oh, for I that. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, well, let's talk about, let's talk about shrines okay, real great. quick. Okay, great. Yeah, go ahead. I felt that they had an impact, but ultimately not enough of an impact. They felt conservative to me. The Mm. shrines, like I never used half the shrine bonuses and maybe that's to my detriment, (laughs) but it felt like the shrine bonuses where your stance is better and where dodging improves your stance were, that was where your money shot. I don't know why I said that is. And, uh, the rest kind of, failed to have an impact. And I also felt that way, honestly, about a lot of the super moves. I just needed that eye stab, that claw strike to the eyes. Very good. To break up their flow. That's all I really needed. Maybe the strong sweep, 
but I didn't need all the extra, like I, I almost never. And again, is this to my detriment? I ask you someone who's beaten the game. I never expanded my focus bar. Am I a fool? Adam? Um, I never expanded my focus bar because I didn't need to. Although I've heard people say that's right. the thing. Um, for me, uh, I think I focused on uh, getting parry impact and focus regain. I think those are the things that I... So like when you avoid mm-hmm. it or parry an attack, you get more focus or you get uh, more structure damage when you do a parry. I think that's what I focused on. Because mm-hmm. uh, number one, it took a lot of XP or score, excuse me. The score and XP were different, which is dumb. Uh, it took a lot of score to get those and it made it so that uh, you could do it made it easier to manage bosses and that was sort of at by the end what you were trying to build for you could break up their combos more readily yeah like i yeah i i spent a lot of score on the parry impact and focus regain uh because i knew i was going to end up doing more dodging and parrying on bosses which then gave mm-hmm. me attacks that i could use to bring them down so they couldn't do endless combos on me and that was helpful I also, again, I spent a lot of XP on weapon proficiency and durability because you could grab a weapon and carry it through half the level at a certain point. Sometimes. Well, yeah, and then yeah. and see, then by the time you get to like the third level, you're always wielding a weapon. And there's some stealth elements, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Like in the warehouse of the first level, you can take out five guys before getting spotted. Absolutely. You absolutely can. Which is super fun. Well, and then yeah. you get to use that bamboo stick, which is just so fun. to. Yeah. It also has that, you know, uh, live, die, repeat thing where you just feel like you're that roguelike element. Right. Where you feel like you get better and better at the level because you just learn the intricacies and eccentricities of the level as you play it over and over again. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it was it was tightly wound enough and there was enough depth to it that it was... I was sad when it was over after 20 hours and like pretty enough to look at, which yeah, I think was really a part I've of gone, it in this case. Be- yeah. When I've been frustrated with other bigger games that I've been playing since then, um, I'll take a little break and do a Sifu run and it's, you know, I'll just yeah. start from level one and go, okay. Uh, and like, see how far I can get before I die. And sometimes the answer to that's been level three, you know? Uh, and that's, that's pretty cool. You know? All right. Um, If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. (gasps) Good one, dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. 
Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh great, more dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Adam's low-key bragging, so let's move into Keep or Delete, because I can't have that. We're passing another checkpoint. Uh, It's not bragging. I'm just like... But like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, where like after a while you get really good at it. You're good at that game too. Shut up. Well, it's not about being good at. <laughs> I cannot get the hang of Pro Skater, oh, okay. man. I I'm suck sorry. at it. Full I'm disclosure. sorry. But like. Terrible. It's one of those things. It's fun to just pick up and do a run and like, you know. I imagine it would yeah. be if you were good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I That's why maybe the reason maybe we're realizing the reason I love story is that story doesn't have a difficulty curve. Maybe I'm not good. Maybe I'm like not good at video games and that's well part of my identity I think you have to, that I have to own. I think you have to remember that like we're all sitting on a bell curve somewhere. And right. most likely you're on the other half of the bell curve because you can finish games. <laughs> you mean below average is no, what you're saying. <laughs> no, above average because you finish video games on the regular. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they don't sure. and they can't. Because remember, again, most video game players are playing Call of Duty or Madden. You know what I mean? That's what most video game players are playing. How do I know that? Those are the like the two top selling games last year were Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Black Ops. Those are the two top selling video games last year. Most pe- most gamers are playing that. So, you know, yeah. put it in a continuum. Well, now you're depressing me. So <laughs> what what about this indie darling Sifu that we love so much? Mm. Is it enough to get it onto the Celestial hard drive? Adam, please go first. I, I'm Boy. I need you to go boy, first this I, time, if that's no, okay. No, no, it's okay. Um, beat-em-ups have, they don't, we don't make them anymore, really. Uh, we don't generally care about we them. We don't generally care about them. They mattered a lot in the arcade days. They don't matter that much now. Mm-hmm. Killer Instinct. They're not as important in games. Primal Rage. Now, as they are then. So, I think I'm. Clay Fighter. Yeah, well. See, but that's like just a. Well, I'll put it to you this way: we did it. Yeah. We included Mortal Kombat 11 uh, spoilers to those of you who haven't heard this episode yet, based on a discussion we had about the hard drive in an upcoming episode. And I think if we're going to do that, if that's if we're going to do it based on genre reasons, then this game has to go on because I can't think of a better beat 'em up that matters more for the or that's better for the genre. Like it's the best of the genre, I think. Um, for me, so I'm going to keep it for that reason. But it's right on the border. Um, like there's Zelda games I would definitely put on that I would kick this off in a minute for. You know, that's my that's so that's it. It goes on for me. What about you? You're right. I was naming fighting games and not beat 'em ups technically. So that's a good point. I feel 
justly chastised. <laughs> um, I do think this is the best beat em up in the 3D space that I've ever played. Yeah. Um, God, there's a Devolver one, Absolution, Absolve. Oh, I, I think it might just be called I think Absolve. that might be by the same company. That's, that's close. That's very good. Oh, is that I a slow so. clap game? I think so. I think it is. Let me, let me look it up. Absolver. Look up whether Absolver is slow clap, because that would make a lot of sense. But, um, yeah, other than that, that's the only other thing that comes to mind. And I think it's a question, as Adam says, of whether that genre matters to you at all. And I just think... With an illustrious history like Battletoads and uh, Bucky Rogers and all that shit, the Simpsons arcade game and Golden Axe and Altered Beast, you got to give a beat em up something. And for bringing it into the 3D space with a plum and grace, I will keep yeah, Sifu. Wow. I, I anticipate some further discussion around okay. this because I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised it made the too. Celestial Hard Drive. Me too. Even as I say... I can't think of a better 3D beat-em-up Well, beat em up, I mean, period. one day we'll do a Golden Axe episode, and we'll probably do a Turtles in Time. Or Pit Fighter. Or, yeah, and then we'll have to, like, okay, so does history matter more than goodness? Mm-hmm. Like, that'll be the question we have to answer. Absolver is developed by Slow, by slow Clap. That's so... So they're, they're okay, doing this. Okay, awesome. That provides yeah. emotional catharsis and closure for me yeah. this episode. That's they're great. doing this. Yeah, they're really good at it. I mean, good good for them. Keep doing it. They understand 3D punching and kicking really yeah, well. it's awesome, man. I, <laughs> hey, they deserve a slow yeah. clap from us. They they were, they were made a great game. Uh, it was really good, I thought. So yeah, well, we did it. We're not topping that pun. Let's get out of no, here. No, we're not. Adios. Work complete. <laughs> Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.